Hello and welcome to the latest Convancing Coffee Break Newsflash podcast with me, Mandy Brown and Richard Snape. Richard, today I understand you'll be saying a little bit about the building safety bill and what to look out for in the future. Can you tell us something of the background to start with, please? Yeah, it's uh, obviously it is a bill. It's not expected to be uh, coming into force for some time and things can change. But I thought it sort of forewarned as forearmed on it. We'll spend a bit of time on it, but we won't uh, do it justice in a, in a news flash because uh, it's 147 clauses and nine schedules, 216 pages, much of which conveyances don't really need to know about. It's one of a raft of legislation and pieces of legislation, post grenfell legislation. You might be aware, actually, from the you know, from the national news and the likes, that uh, after the Grenfell disaster in June of 2017, the government uh, commissioned various independent reports, and one was uh, the hack. Report Jacqueline Judith Hackett, our independent review of building regulations and uh, fire safety. And uh, it's given rise to various bits of legislation, most notably in November the 28th, on November the 28th, 2018, uh, there was the Building Amendment Regulations in England banning combustible materials as building materials. It was 2019 in Wales, didn't come in until January the 28th, 2020. And also, uh, we've done a news flash and a, a similar piece of legislation, the Fire Safety Act of uh, 2021, which I'm sure you can find on Spotify and Amazon Music. The uh, Building Safety Bill was it was introduced into Parliament. It was actually on the national news the, the day before it was introduced into the House of Commons uh, on July the 5th uh, this year. It's not expected to be uh, receive the Royal Assent for a good nine to 12 months, so well into next year. And then over the following 18 months, provisions will start to come into force. So it is some way down the line, but it is some, has some major changes. Can you summarise some of the changes? Yeah, well, the, the major change, I think it's got some uh, you know, bearing on, um, on the world of conveyancing, is they are going to introduce uh, a building safety regulator with various uh, rights and obligations who will be a part of the, the health and safety executive. And amongst other things, they will be responsible for building control in what are known as high-risk residential buildings, but they'll have sort of functions in relation to residential buildings generally, and also monitoring of uh, people involved in built environment, including building inspectors. There's uh, criminal offences attached, maximum two years prison and unlimited fines for breaches. So they're they're doing a lot, and some of it, I say, is taking direct building control out of the hands of local government and likes into the building safety regulator. Richard, you mentioned high-risk residential buildings. What What is one of these? Well, it's uh, going to have at least two dwellings in it, and uh, it's deemed to be high-risk. It does include mixed-use premises, but it's deemed to be high-risk if it's 18 metres or more in height, uh, similar to when the building amendment regulations apply to combustible materials. I mean, incidentally, I mean, what uh, people have now been known to do is make their blocks of flats just slightly less than 18 metres high to avoid all the regulation. If it's not 18 metres in height, then if it's got seven or more storeys, it is also a high-risk residential building. If it's got more than seven storeys and it's 18 metres, less than 18 metres in height, I think you need to check your client's height before they buy. But uh, in Wales, it might be different. Um, the, the Welsh Government are going to implement this legislation, but uh, the detail could be different than that. So we'll have to see about that. But it also introduces the concept of an accountable person. And the accountable person is basically the person who's legally entitled to, uh, to possession. I've got a legal estate in possession in the premises. Or 
they've got repairing obligations in relation to, when I say the premises, the common parts of the premises. So normally you'd expect the landlord, but there could be several. You know, you could have um, uh, intermediate landlords, management agents. Right to manage companies uh, could all be accountable people, but there will be one principal accountable person in those circumstances. And they'll have to appoint a building safety manager and they'll have to have residence panels and uh, they'll have to keep... um, safety case reports and listen to complaints from residents who can ultimately go to the building safety regulator. Building safety manager has got to have sufficient sort of um, ability to to manage the building safety. It's not just about fire safety. It could be about construction problems and the likes as well. There's a lot of sort of technicalities involved in it. I'm presuming it's going to be fairly costly to set up you know, 18 metres or more in height. 18 metres is usually six storeys. Perhaps I should have mentioned that as well. But ultimately, the building safety regulator can take action for breaches and, as I say, listen to complaints from any of the leaseholders. Does this have any knock-on effect on service charge liability? When this was at draft stage last year, then uh, the government was saying that um, you wouldn't be able to add the cost to service charge. But uh, buried in the legislation, again, it's you know, obviously it's not in its final stage yet, there's the concept of a building safety charge, which as it was uh, framed originally, looked like it you could charge for not just the building safety manager and all the administration charge side of things, but you can also charge for any work, whether it's in the service charge or not. The government then came out and said it's ongoing costs only of management that can be charged via the building safety charge. They actually are saying in their impact assessment, uh, it shouldn't cost uh, the long lease holders more than £16, 16 pounds per month on average. But there seems to be huge doubts as to whether that's actually viable. It seems, again, that you can add to the cost of any work that needs to be done to service charge as long as the service charge allows you to do it. Modern service charges have uh, catch-all provisions, you know, anything in the interest of good estate management, so it wouldn't be that difficult to add the cost of all the work that is required in relation to building safety to service charge and together with everything else. I mean, I suspect we're going to see service charges in high-rise buildings go up dramatically over the years. Can you summarise some of the other provisions, please? Yeah, obviously it's, uh, it will be a summary. I mean, the Probably in terms of conveyancing, the most significant change, and again, I stress it's not uh, written Estonia, but they're definitely going to change uh, building regulations enforcement periods. They currently, the local authority can enforce for building regulations breaches for one year, and they can enforce against anybody, the current owner, not the person who actually commissioned the works and the likes. They can actually prosecute for two years, but that's only the person who caused or commissioned the breach and not subsequent purchasers. The plan is to increase the enforcement period, again, including subsequent purchases, to 10 years. And that will change quite a lot in, in, in conveyancing if that goes ahead, which I suspect it will. There are other provisions. Um, the one that was in the national news is... Uh, expected to come into force two months after the royal assent so before most of the other pieces of legislation but currently if you're going to sue builders or contractors and likes for, for defective premises it comes within section one subsection six of the 1972 defective premises act and you've got to do so within six years of becoming aware of the breach uh, there was a case called sports city a manchester case 350 flats in a block uh, sports city and countryside last year in 2021 
this year. And uh, it said that the six-year time period, the limitation period, if the original work required remedial work, which it did here, outside the six-year time period, it wouldn't be covered. The government say they're going to introduce a provision, uh, what's in this legislation, which will give a 15-year limitation period. Uh, and it'll be retrospective if this does come into force, as seems likely next year, for instance. Then, supposing you found out about defects in 2010, you'd have until 2025 to bring it action. I think one problem with that, though, potentially, is that large numbers of the builders won't be in existence to, to be sued. And the builders are actually up in arms because it sort of gives a right to claim in, in tort outside contract. And I suspect a lot of them would have folded before the claims arise. I suppose the other thing briefly to mention, because it's sort of, again, really is inconveniencing the likes, is that um, they are going to introduce provision that you will not be able to add the cost of any work to service charge unless you try to pursue where appropriate the new bill guarantee uh, first. But uh, unfortunately, that's the case anyway. There was a case two years ago, a court of appeal case, even ground rents in Cowley, you know, sort of that said that residential service charges, there's a lot of statutory control. They must be reasonably incurred reasonable standard if you've not tried to pursue your new build guarantee first and it's not reasonably occurred so incurred so i'm not sure of the efficacy of that one there are lots of other provisions rest assured where appropriate we will revisit when we know a bit more detail and i think a lot of people need to start thinking about it right now how much you've worn your clients i would certainly make sure your clients are fully aware of generally not just because of this that service charges can fluctuate wildly and uh, i suspect even more wildly when this is in place Thanks, Richard, for another very informative newsflash. Well, thank you very much and watch this space. You have been listening to another episode of Convincing Coffee Break, the only podcast for busy convincing professionals, brought to you by Lawshore Insurance, the UK's leading provider of title insurance. For more information on our free conferences, go to www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk where you can download recent conference recordings.